You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares the wisdom of the Hasidic master, Rabbi Kolonimus Kalman Shapira of Piazetsna. Through the Piazetsna Rebbe's various works, Rabbi Ami guides us on a unique path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine that is steeped in the Jewish mystical tradition. So the Torah we're going to learn today has to do with voice, as you'll see. Um, And since we haven't learned together, if there's any words I say um, or read here that I don't explain thoroughly, you have questions, whatever, please stop me and ask, okay? So this is a Drashan Rosh Hashanah. The Sefer Derech HaMelech is a Sefer of Drashat that the Rebbe taught mostly in the 20s and the 30s. Um, and mostly in the town of Piasetsna, and some in Warsaw. It doesn't say where each one is taught, but we know that at different times of year he spent in different places. And uh, these are his, you know, when you mentioned the Ishkodesh, well, he's known, known famously for his drashot that he taught and wrote during the war, during the Warsaw Ghetto years. Um, these are his drashot from before the war, from between the wars, which... Um, Hold treasures, Mamash treasures. And uh, for those of you who've seen his later works, we've seen Eish Kodesh, when you learn these drashot, you see Mamash, the, the deep and broad perspective where, where all, of, all of that Torah came from and what really made that continued kind of revelation and Torah possible, even under those circumstances. So there will be starting off with the Pasuk, Kolisha Mata, Atalemos Nechadarav Chatil Shavati. This is a Pasuk that is actually from Echa. And <coughs> it's said, usually by the Baal Tokea, in the Pesukim right before the first uh, shofar blasts. The Rebbe himself was, was Baal Tokea. So these are Pesukim that he, he davened uh, every year. Oznecha the Ravchati the Shavati. It's Echa Gimel Nunvav. If you want to take a look, but uh, these are psukim that the Rebbe himself was davening every year. So when he's teaching them, meditating upon them, he's also it's coming from a place of tefillah and wondering from within himself, what are we saying here? Yeah. So he opens up with a question. Navina im hapshat al ha'avar bilvad sheshamasham. If the pshat of this pasuk is kolisha mata, you've heard my voice. Right? Pshat of the pasuk is you've heard my voice. You've listened to me. Al ta'alemos necha l'ravchati l'shavati. So then, from here on in, don't ignore. Don't turn away your ear from listening to my begging, to my turning towards you, to my crying to you. So the Rebbe asks, if the pshat is that you heard my voice in the past. Why? Why is it that that the pasuk says you heard my voice? So don't, so please listen to my my rav shavati from to my prayer. V'logam can call. Why doesn't it say you heard my voice in the past? Please listen to my voice in the future. Meaning, why are we changing from call to these lishonot of, of of forms of tefillah and of calling out? That's one question. 
וכן השאיתה בספרים הקדושים בשבת של ראש השנה אין תוקים משום גזירה and likewise he's raising a question as it's brought in in our ספרים יוצאות עוד הרבה קצת הגמרא we don't blow shofar on Shabbos not because it's also to play musical instruments on Shabbos but because there's a gzera shami yitaltel you're going to carry it in Rishut HaRabim so he asks the shofar is there to bring us merit in judgment before God on Rosh Hashanah so it's nice that you want to make a gzera not to carry the shofar in Rishut HaRabim but how are we going to how are we going to find merit before God without shofar if shofar is this incredibly powerful tool, means by which we we show up to Kadosh Baruch Hu b'mishpat, how can we how can we do Rosh without a shofar? What what takes its place? Just you can't carry it, so no shofar. So so where does that leave us? So Rabbi says like this: Ita b'midrash al pasuk ve'hasham Hashem natan kolo lifnei cholo kirav meod machanehu. It's a pasuk from the Navi Yoel. Hashem gives voice before. Um, God's armies, because God's um, encampment is very great. So the image here, the Pashtut, is some kind of like military horn blast, yeah, with a great army, great legions. So, but the Midrash says, What do you mean God gives, puts forth this voice in front of God's armies? Rosh Hashanah. This is talking about Rosh Hashanah. The voice of God, the powerful voice being heard before God's legions. Kirav ma'od machanehu el Yisrael. Because God's camp is very great. This is referring to Am Yisrael. That's what the Medrash says. It's brought in a few places. It's, Rabbi's going to start to darshaning here. We know that in creation, God was speaking. All of creation is through speech, and as it says in Tehillim, Midvar Hashem Shamaim Naasu, heavens are created through God's word, through God's speech. Ubekabalata Torah, Chutzma Dibur, Vaidaber Elokim, and Matan Torah, beyond their being speech, right? God communicated to us through words, through speech at Matan Torah. Hayagam can call. There was also just the pure voice, the resounding voice. Right, it says you can read these in all the psukim about Matan Torah. He called a shofar, halak bechazek meod, vayar kolam eta eta kolot. Right, there, there's voice, there's sound, not words, sound. V'ikar ha'yira hisigu Yisrael mehakol. The main yira, the awe, the overwhelming sense that Am Yisrael had Matan Torah, didn't come from the words God spoke. It came from the voice, from the sound. As I said to Moshe Rabbeinu, we can't handle this, we can't continue to hear the voice of God. And this voice of Matan Torah that brought us into a contact with Yirat Hashem, Rabbi says, was Mashlim Briyat Olam. As if to say there was there was speech in the world. God was communicating to the world through whatever this means, dibur, dvar Hashem, allowing there to be a creation. But the yirat Hashem, the awareness, the awesome awareness of 
the creator by the creation didn't come about until Kabbalah the Torah where, where the people witnessed the, the sound of God's voice. And he brings here Chazal in Gemara Shabbos is basically saying that with everything that we learn and do and achieve through and accomplish in our lifetimes Yirat Hashem hi says the, the real treasure house is Yirat Hashem. And Chazal says if you could accomplish so many things in your life but if there was Yirat Hashem that's the true achievement of life. And if there was lacking Yirat Hashem, so all those other achievements, they have nothing that, that, that really grounds them. They didn't, they didn't quite reach, reach the purpose. We'll speak a bit more about this, okay? And therefore, on Rosh Hashanah, when it's the time of tshuva, Somebody who's tshuva, whether that's lemaisa, whether it's just the concept of what they think this is about, whose tshuva is only at the time they're in the Beit Midrash when they're learning, when they're davening, when they're surrounded in a holy atmosphere. If that's the only place and time where I'm attaching myself to God, where I'm, where I'm in devotion and service to God. So, Rebbe's words here are very, very harif. Lo asav You didn't do anything. You went to the right place, and it gave you something. So that's what you do when you're in that place. Just like when you're at the shuk, you buy food. When you're in the base midrash, you learn a new daven. Gesunta hates. The Rebbe's saying, lo asav That's your tshuva. You didn't do it. You're missing something here. Ki kara tshuva hi bo'oto makom uvo'oto zman. He's parring from Lashon. Chazal, Rambam made very famous. What's the Ikar Tshuva? Remember what the Rambam says? Tshuva Shlema. That you come to the same place and same time where you've fallen many times before. The same hotel room in the same city with the same woman. That's what the Rambam's talking about. And you acted differently. So Rebbe's using this to say that it's not enough for us to talk about tshuva as something that we do when we're engaged in, in, in the things that are explicitly holy and the things that are, you know, I'm going to, tshuva, I'm, I'm going to spend more time in the Beit Midrash. That's helpful. That's good. It, it's good to, to fuel yourself with, with more Torah and, and tefillah, with, with being in, in, in a holy environment. That's, it's like medicine, right? But, but at the end of the day, where am I in my life? That's where... That, that's what takes place when I'm out there living life. When I'm around in the world, year-round, the way that I live my life, that's what tshuva is, is about. Tshuva is about where my you know, feet touch the ground, the way I live my life year-round. Not how much time did I spend in the Midrash, during the weeks from Rosh Chodesh Elul till, till Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. He's not discounting spending time in the base midrash and, and the shul. But he's saying, he's saying we he can't, has... that's not the end goal. That's not what, where tshuva ends. That isn't tshuva. That's Torah and tefillah. <laughs> Those are maybe means towards tshuva. But the tshuva happens in our life in the world. That's where, that's where the, the real uh, stage is, so to speak. Yeah.
So he says, there too, the Ikar is that when we're, when we're living our lives, we walk in God's ways, that we're Avdei Hashem. It's the, it's the difference between being an employee, basically, and this being my life's work. You know, if I'm an employee, I punch and then I punch out. Came to, the, came to work, I did my job, and now I go home and I'm, I, I leave my job at work. But this isn't the kind of work that you leave, that you, you know, that doesn't come home with you. <laughs> Adraba. Right, the Ikar, is that it? You take it home. So therefore, and he's coming back to the Midrash, right? The Midrash is saying that God's voice is resounding. This Midrash says this is on Rosh Hashanah. What's the voice that we're hearing? What's the purpose of that voice? He's saying this is the call of Kabbalat Torah. It's that same kind of voice that Am Yisrael heard in Matan Torah where, oh, wait a minute. There's a being here that I am relating to, not just a world that I'm walking through, right? But that that there's there's that encounter with the Ribbono Shalolam, and that is Mosifira. That awareness, that encounter, is something that actually enters into us, that penetrates. By the way, if you look at the Tfilot um, of Rosh Hashanah in Musaf, the, the section of Shofarot, so a lot of the Tfilot there is, is talking about Atani Gleita Banan Kvodachal Har Sinai. It's talking about the, the voice, the sound of the Shofar, the Kol Hashem that was heard at Har Sinai. It's, it's explicit there. Maybe just bringing that to our attention. That this is that same kind of primal encounter where humanity met their creator. That's what ha- happened at Har Sinai. And that's a moment that the, that voice, that kind of encounter, we're returning to on Rosh Hashanah. And for the same purpose, for that, what he's calling Yirah. V'losh b'sha'azu bilvad, rach gam eich sheniyeh ba'olam yirah otosh yitbarach v'navdehu. And it's not the Yir'ah that we kind of download, that we encounter, that grips us in Rosh Hashanah is not for this moment alone. It's not meant to be a momentary thing, but we're, we're, we have this, this encounter so that it can stay with us throughout the year. Eich However we're going to be, wherever we're going to be, this world, remember what he said, that this voice is mashlim, the Bri'ah? It's mashlim, Bri'ah Ta'olam. So God spoke, so to speak, silently through creation. Right, God's dibur is, is what enlivens, what gives life to all that exists. It's Dvar Hashem, but it's silence. You don't hear God speaking through the world necessarily. You see a world. But the Kol Hashem at Har Sinai, that's the encounter where it's like, oh, there's, there's a Kodesh Baruch here. Okay, so this is something that, that he's saying is meant to infuse all of our life in the world through the, throughout the whole year. And therefore, Rosh Hashanah, it's not just a day of tshuva. However you want to define and translate tshuva. It's a lot of lighter ways to translate it, but it's not just for tshuva. It's a day of yir'ah. It's a day of awe. A day of trembling. There's a 
intensity of Yirah and Rosh Hashanah. An intensity that's so acute that it can spread throughout the whole year. I'm going to read to the end of the paragraph before Kaz began, because every sentence he's, he's building it and, and, and weaving a little more. God's voice is out there before God's legions. This is Rosh Hashanah. Right? We've been saying this word Yirah, this word that means awe or fear. He's saying what the kind of Yirah we're talking about in Rosh Hashanah. This isn't a fear of threat and punishment. I think a lot of people experience that in Rosh Hashanah. Maybe that's one quality of it. But, but he's saying, well, when we want to talk about true year, it's not just, oh, no, I better be a good boy because something bad's going to happen to me if I disobey. Okay, this isn't the kind of year that's at the core of Rosh Hashanah. There's, there's actually, you can see this, is that we need to enter Rosh Hashanah and walk through Rosh Hashanah with a sense of confidence that, that God will, will accept us, that uh, whatever the Deen and Mishpat that's being held that day is something that, that's going to be the Zakenu, it's going to be to our merit. That's the reason why we wear white on Rosh Hashanah, because we're celebrating the fact that Akash Baruch Hu is that we're betuchim b'Hashem, that we're we're we we fully trusting that that God is is going to celebrate with us this day. That is not a day to pin us down and to accuse us and to make us feel guilty and to show us how horrible we are. It's a day to lift us up. By the way, this is kind of an aside, but but Rosh Hashanah is Yom Hadin, right? It's the day of judgment. You know what we don't do on Rosh Hashanah. We don't talk about our sins. We don't talk about everything we've done wrong. At all. That's on Yom Kippur. We say that for Yom Kippur. Shoshana, the day of Deen, we basically just talk about how, how right. awesome and grand the Kodesh Baruch Hu is and, and, and what this world can be. With a full recognition of that reality. That's, that's what we're doing for hours and hours and hours in Shul, on Rosh Hashanah. The yira that we're talking about, just clarifying for us, it's not, it's not what we would usually say, me and my fears. What's going to happen? What did I do wrong? What's God going to do to me? That's not the kind of, that's not what we're talking about here. Rather, it's the kind of yira that came about at Kabbalat Torah. Yira mizesh ruhit barach mitgale yoter lanu. It's the yira that we experience when Hashem is revealed more powerfully to us, more so than before. Again, those opening words of Shafra, you revealed yourself in her Sinai. It's the Yir'ah that comes from encountering the Infinite One. Adam HaRishon V'chavak Shishamuat Kol Hashem Bagan I remember he talked about the voice. So where do we first hear the voice? Adam and Chava. They heard God's voice in Gan Eden. Remember the, after they from the tree and they're hiding and God's voice is Mitalech B'tochagan is walking through the garden. 
When they heard God's voice, they hit themselves. The same thing happened when Am Yisrael received the Torah. They, they, they started to walk away. They started to retreat. They wanted to hide from that voice. God is here Rashi explains that Lenasot there doesn't mean to test you. Lenasot is Milashon Nes, which is like a flag on a staff. It's something that's being raised. Moshe Rabbeinu was explaining to Tamisha this, this overwhelming voice isn't something that's here to destroy you or to threaten you. It's here to elevate you. He says that at the receiving of Torah at Sinai, Am Yisrael became the children, became children to Gershbarachu. When a parent, when a parent does something to make their children afraid, a disciplined kind of response to make their ch- child afraid. It's not for the purpose of casting their child away. The, the motivation there is to bring the child closer to to help them take a I want to help, help my child take a step up. I want to help raise them. <laughs> I want to raise my child. So there's times when, when a parent has to do that by by showing anger or discipline or threat, you're not going to get a chocolate. <laughs> you know, I'm going to take away your screen time. These are the real kinds of threats that that you know. But um, but the purpose there isn't to to cast the child away, or to push them away, to distance them in any way. It's to help create some kind of so- solid bond there. To to pick them up. How do I help my child get out of this? How do I help them take a step up, take a step forward? When a, when a child has, when a child sees that from their parent or feels that from their parent, they don't necessarily need to go run and hide because, oh no, my parent's going to attack me now. And, most situations, but the the ema that a child might fear might feel from their parent can can also make them want to live up a little more to their parents' expectations of them. Might want them might might cause them to to bring themselves a little closer. I mean, tachlis tachlis. There's times when 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 it can bring a child to come and, and like cuddle up and sit in your lap <laughs> and realize like yeah let's let's stop that. That pattern. He takes the image even further. He says, even if the child feels true yira, this true sense of I've done some, I've been doing something wrong here. So they're not going to 
say, that's it, I don't have a place here anymore in my home. They're gonna, it's going to also bring them back to their parent. Forgive me. What do you say here? We've, we've done wrong. Help us cleanse ourselves. It makes me think about what we say and feel every day. Slach lanu avinu ki chatanu. Slach lanu avinu ki chatanu. Which, think about the words, is a little preposterous. Forgive us, Abba, because we've messed up. It's like, why do I assume that you should forgive me because I messed up? <laughs> like the very premise there, forgive me because chatati. I did the wrong thing. So you, what, you have to forgive me? If, if I understand that the context here is between child and a parent, so then so that's the only way that those words kind of make sense. Right? If I don't know that on the other end there's a receptive, loving, caring, supportive um, person or, or God that's or figure as well we, we, we have a recognition that on the other end here is, is goodness so the only way I can say without any kind of reason or justification or explanation just like I messed up is because I know you're, you're my parent I'm, I'm, I'm basically leaning on that relationship. But don't, Rabbi's adding here a bit of tefillah here, cleanse us, but not, not through, don't make the cleansing be, be a painful and difficult cleansing. So what's Rabbi been, been saying until now? Rabbi's helping clarify something for us. That Rosh Hashanah is a day of voice, of kol. We don't yet know what that means fully, but, but the kol, the kol is this powerful, intense encounter that instills in us a sense of yirah, of awe. And not a yirah that pushes us away. It's a yirah that's, first of all, founded on a sense of confidence and trust, and it's a yirah that as much as it might make us shake and tremble and feel, whoa, there's, there's something intense going on here, we're actually being invited to be in a close relationship precisely through that encounter, through that kind of yirah. Yeah, it's not a yirah that's there to cast us away. It's not a fear that we need to run away from. It's an awe that's laharimotanu. It's the quality of the kind of voice that was heard at Harsinai. The kind of voice that, in a sense, gives me a bigger perspective and vision that I don't necessarily see when I just look at the world around me. But to hear that voice, is, ah, there's, there's a power here that's powering all this. It's not just me living in my world. Or like the Rambam talks about being awakened from our slumber. It's, there's, it's a wake-up. And the wake-up can be jolting. And at the same time, if we've experienced something of that, we know that being awake is much more gratifying and and fulfilling and, and joyful than being asleep. Um, what I want to do, we're, we're going to have only a couple minutes left for today. I want us to, we're going to skip here. 
It's Chavali to skip, but we're in order for us to cover. We're going to cover. We're going to skip the next two paragraphs. Come to the next page, Reish Gimel, in the second paragraph on the page. Yirah, see that? Yirah Shel Ahava, you see that? And here, maybe the Rebbe's going to speak a little more to your question, a little bit. You can ask something, or you're just breathing. Okay. <laughs> a kind of loving yirah, a yirah of love, is what a person can 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 touch during these days. Again, we had the image of a, like the way a parent think about a parent who's disciplining a child. When it comes time for discipline, it's, it's not because the love in any way is not there. It's, it's an expression of that love. It's what's, what that love is calling for in this moment. It's a way that given where we're each at, we're going to be able to come eventually, hopefully come closer through this kind of voice and through this Yir'ah response. What in what is God's voice enclosed in during these days? Because right? everybody's saying, you hear the voice, you hear the voice, you hear the voice. What, what voice am I hearing? Where do we hear God's voice during these days? Where do we hear this powerful, resounding, loving voice that wakes us up during this time? Through the voice of our own prayers. God's voice is dressed up in our voices in prayer. You hear how radical this is? Just these words? Because we think, oh, if I'm praying, so like I'm speaking and God is somewhere over on the other end, right? I'm, I'm throwing my voice out there so God will hear it. But I'm saying, no. Your voice is the expression of God's voice to wake you up. It is that call that's that voice that's meant to bring us to that awesome awareness of, wait, there's something much bigger. There's something much deeper at stake here. We'll read on here a little bit. So now the Rebbe goes back to the Midrash and says, reads it as one thing. God's voice is resounding through Am Yisrael. It's through the voice of Am Yisrael that God's voice is heard. People scream more during these days. It's even you need to daven silently, the Amira, so you don't bother people, right? But our Shoshani Yom Kippur, if you need to use your voice, you use your voice. So you can learn all kinds of lambdas, wise, but but from an experiential place, it's just it's what happens. People are, are tuned into the intensity. And, and that intensity is expressed through a voice. Whether that's screaming, crying, singing, the voice is coming out. The voice comes out during this time. All holy things. I don't know if he means only during Rosh Hashanah or, or always. 
Let's just say on Rosh Hashanah for now. Maybe he means always. But he says, every, everything that's holy, it happens with sound. You know, just think about what we do on Rosh Hashanah. We scream, we sing, we daven, we blow shofar. It's a loud, it's a loud experience. We sit at the table, we don't just eat food, we, we say things about everything we're eating. It's like the food is, is praying. Like everything has a voice. What does it mean for me to hear Kol Hashem through my own voice in tefillah? What might it mean for me to experience that wake-up call by paying attention to, to how, how my own prayers are being expressed in a more intense way? In a, in, in, in a simple sense, part of what this, this means, at least to me, is that there's part of me that is aware of this intensified relationship, of this intensified encounter, of the feeling in this moment, of the desire of this moment, of the longing, of the closeness, of the gilui. He's, this is a, a moment of revelation. When, when, when prayer moves me to make noise, to speak, to scream, to call, to cry, to sing, to sigh. This is where I can, this is where I'm having that encounter. It's not so much that the voice of God is going to come to me from out there on a mountain somewhere and I'm going to say, oh, okay, now I get it. But it's, that I become aware of what I'm aware of on a deeper level, <laughs> right? I'm waking myself up. God is waking me up through my own prayer, through me, my intensified feelings there. If I'm listening to that and allowing myself to be affected by that and alerted to that, I was like, okay, you know, I might be messed up and, and deficient in all sorts of ways. And despite everything, there's a part of me that truly desires something else, something more. There's a part of me that truly knows and feels and experiences and is connected to something deeper, something more. And, and part of what the Rebbe is pointing us towards is, uh, is listening to, that own vo- to my own voice to become aware of that. This obviously it doesn't work by force. This obviously isn't like, okay, now go around screaming and it's going to just happen. But this is about tuning into what I, what I really know and what I really feel and, and experience on a deeper level. That is where I'm encountering God. Or rather, I'm already encountering God. And our avoda is to, to learn to pay attention to that encounter, to listen to it, to hear it, to tune into it. And let it resound. Many of these recordings are from Rabbi Ami's ongoing weekly classes given at Yeshivat Sharei Shalom in Jerusalem. For more information, 
go to shareshalom.org.il forward slash about. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Cohn. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.